Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you know the situations that WWE Monday Night Raw is putting us in? I'm going to show you. Hey, man. What happened on the, uh, the wrestling show last night? Hey, dude. Well, yeah, some guy just decided to whip his top off because he wanted to impress management. What? Like I said, he thought he'd be able to benefit himself by just showing off some peck. But why would he show off his muscles? <laughs> because he knows that Vincent Kennedy, my man, is well into Jack dudes. So he thought if he could show him how jacked he was, he would be able to progress through the company and maybe become a champion. <sighs> okay. But yes, that is one of the things that did happen on this week's Raw. But I'm gonna level with you. Don't tell anyone. I secretly love it because it's so crazy. It makes me happy. Hello, my name is Simon What Culture. Thank you for joining me for yet another episode of Ups and Downs. And of course, right now we're going to do it for Raw, the best show in all of wrestling. Because like I just said, it's completely nuts. Let's up those doubts. There was no opening promo to Raw. Flub me. I had to go to the doctors and check that I wasn't dead. Turns out I'm not. Instead, we had Seth Rollins welcome us to the show when he said, <laughs> I hope that Big E and Kevin Owens destroy themselves in this cage match we're about to have. And then Big E addressed this and Kevin Owens addressed this. And then Uda Lally, we actually did have that cage match. This was great though, because within five minutes of the thing started, we had a super duper contest. And again, it was Big E versus Kevin Owens in a steel cage. Even if they had sat down and started playing some cards, they would have made it work because they're that damn good. Owens was wonderful as always as he just went, well, if the rules are I can just escape the cage, why don't I go through the door? But Big E tried to stop him. And then unfortunately for Big E, he went all Arkham Asylum because he charged Kevin Owens sidestep. Big E went crashing into the steel and you knew that bad things were coming. Or Moon salts in this case because Kevin hit one off the top rope and then Big E was fighting back and he too tried to leave through the door. 
That was a little bit weird, because it's like, wait, Biggie, I thought you wanted to murk him, but maybe he was hungry. The idea of what a steel cage was meant to do was then thrown out of the window because Seth Rollins just got the door and went, <laughs> and smashed it into both guys' heads. And that spot always makes me feel a little bit oogly-boogly because it looks terrifying. But straight after that, we went into all the big moves. We had a stunner attempt. We had an STO. We had a frog splash. We had a pop-up powerbomb. This was really good. Biggie also hit a big ending off the second rope because this was super serious stuff. And that was always going to decimate his opponent. So he did indeed crawl his way to the door. And just when Kevin tried to stop him, he fell to the floor and he won. Way. And yes, sure, that finish is always a little bit silly, but we have a triple threat match to think of. Or at least I thought we did, because after everybody had smashed everybody else with Biggie standing tall, in the commercial break, Bobby Lashley came out here. He decked everyone, including Big E, as he went, why does nobody care about me? I had a tough childhood. And I really hope it doesn't end with Bob in the title picture, because why isn't every single other superstar doing this? Like, why doesn't Chad Gable just walk out and punch someone in the face and then go, ha ha, it's my turn. But look, it's an intriguing story. All these guys are really good at what they do. This was also a great way to start Raw. WWE do more of this. We then find out we were going to be doing a tag team tournament to crown the brand new number one contenders for RK Bros Tag Team Championships. And then WWE just had to revert and go all WWE down. And why? Because Zelina Vega defeated Nikki Ash in around about two minutes. And the whole time we were just going, <laughs> look at that Nikki Ash. She's such a loser. She's so crap. She can't do anything. The other day I said, hey, Nikki Ash, can you make me an egg? And she brought me a cheese sandwich. I mean, what is that? Vega just hit the code red out of nowhere to get the victory as well. Because again, the point here is that it's really easy to beat Nikki. And if this doesn't end in Nikki Ash going crazy and kind of reverting to the old Nikki Ash, I don't even understand what the point of all this is. Still, there wasn't a lot to this. It kind of came and went. And really, when you give this gimmick to anyone, which is essentially point at them, they're a loser. Doesn't really work. More wonderful nonsense with RK Bro after this, because not only did Riddle tell us that the tournament was going to be called the RK Bronament, and that's exactly how WWE came up with this. They settled on the name and then they worked backwards. He was also dressed like a WWF announcer from the 80s with this blazer, and he was desperate for Randy Orton to do the same. As ever, Orton didn't want to do it, but eventually he was charmed into it. And as always, it's just like a really angry dad with his kind of annoying son. It just works. We then made sure to underline the fact that Nikki Ash is definitely a geek. And if you had missed that, we were going to shine a massive spotlight on it. Because she was in the back with Rhea Ripley. Rhea was going, listen, mate, it's going to be okay. When someone seemingly approached Nikki and said, oh my gosh, I love you. Can I have your autograph? The thing is, she wasn't speaking to Nikki. And she was speaking to Jerry the King Lawler who quite creepily was just hanging out just outside of the camera frame. He did indeed write his name on this piece of paper and then even said to Nikki Ash, would you like me to give you an autograph too? I'm like, Jerry, this is not the time. And if this does go where I believe it is going, I would actually say the character needs this. It's just a little bit of a rough ride. I then wanted to like what was next. I really did because it was the Street Profits versus Omos and AJ Styles and I thought they had a more than decent match. But then we got to the finish and this was my face down because the whole point of a tournament is that you have two teams going together and sometimes you can have upsets and sometimes you can have shocks that is the best thing about the fa cup which is a tournament over here in the united kingdom when it comes to soccer ball you have teams from all the way down the lower leagues and sometimes they beat premier league teams it's like oh my gosh how did that happen and everyone goes nuts so do you know how this match ended 
with a kowtout. And look, there were plenty of hits throughout this that AJ Styles and Omos were about to break up because just as AJ Styles was going to win the match, Omos blind tagged himself in. But then he had some kind of freak out because he did indeed forget to answer the 10, even though he could hear the referee going, one, two, three, four. I mean, to be honest with you, it didn't make any sense and it kind of made him seem stupid. Styles was even shouting at him, you're going to get counted out. You're going to get counted out. And after the fact, it was like, listen, big boy, you need to listen to me. So Omos walked off. So again, there's the tease. But it meant the Street Profits fluked their way through to the next round. What is the point of that? I mean, eventually on this show, somebody is just going to have to win a match. It's very important. Also, at this juncture, I'll let you know the other problem with the RK Bronerman, or whatever the hell it was called. There's only four teams in it. Because <laughs> WWE doesn't have any tag teams. There was a good bit afterwards because Riddle was interviewing AJ Styles when he turned to Randy and said, Hey, do you have anything else to add? And Randy just went, Nope. Once again, these two together... Jeff's kiss. There was some more wink wink nudge nudge stuff after this as well because Randy was like look I'm done with this stupid stuff and he gave his blazer back to Riddle and much like all the Nikki Ash stuff this should end with Riddle being like oh man I can't believe you upset me so many times then he punches him right in the face. Also had a Becky Lynch promo here who was all like man nobody actually wants to see Liv Morgan winning therefore she's not going to win. And small spoiler for you, she was right, she didn't win. It was then an open challenge for the US title. And as it turned out, it was Damien Priest versus Bobby Roode. I thought this was really fun. Up. This is yet another sign that we should probably be doing more with Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, who was on the outside constantly interfering when it does come to a singles program. But honestly, it was just good back and forth action. They had all these good skits. There was a couple of near falls. I mean, we go, oh my gosh, maybe Bobby Roode is going to win, even though I never actually really believed that. We have some talent here. Come up with them for something to do. Bobby also hit this awesome spine buster for a one, two, oh my gosh, kick out. Have you already figured out what happened here? Damien Priest hit the reckoning. He got the one, two, three. And then as soon as he got to his feet, pop, he got super kicked by Dolphy Boy Blue. Because, of course, next week we have to do Ziggles versus Priest. Although, again, I'm fine with that. Simple storytelling. I ain't got no problem with it. And then WWE did me dirty again. Like, could you actually imagine going into some kind of creative meeting and saying, hey, I know we've already got one count out on Raw, but how about we do two? And everyone's like, oh my gosh, two count outs. And they skip around like a kid on Christmas because that's clearly what happened down. And the problem as ever is that you just teach your audience or nerds like me not to buy into the fact that we're ever going to get a proper finish because we never get a proper finish. So it was Dewdrop versus Bianca Belair. And even though Dewdrop had jumped Bianca beforehand, as soon as Bianca had kicked her ass a little bit and went for the KOD, Dewdrop just went, nah, I don't want any of this. And she walked away and indeed got counted out. I mean, it was like halfway through, she went, oh, wait, damn it, I think I left the oven on, and she was more concerned about her house burning down. And given that she was facing Bianca Belair, who everybody loves, why can't she just win matches and slowly claw her way back to the women's title? I have absolutely no idea. Austin Theory then went and chilled with Vince McMahon again, who was super duper angry at him, because clearly he has learned nothing from last week. Now, this does tie into the intro that I will talk about in just one second, but I still stand by the fact that because Austin Theory is even hanging out with Vince, this has to end with good things. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I've been wrong before, but it smells like it has at least a little bit of potential. And yes, true, it does feel a little bit like Vince McMahon bought a pet. And I was like, man, I got buyer's regret. I should take it back to the shop. 
Miz TV was next, and as always, we have returned to a place where you have Miz TV, and you're like, well, this is just a promo off between two guys that we do on every show anyway, so why do we need a talk show segment? But look, it was between Miz and Edge. I thought it was very good. Up. It was still kind of funny because Miz spent a lot of his time going, this guy's really old now. And Edge was all like, man, don't mistake my niceness for weakness. And of course, the Miz dropped in the line, you're the Rotunda superstar, but you don't have much Edge anymore. And I have said that before here on Ups and Downs, so I'm going to ring the police, stop stealing my stuff. We then went proper inside baseball because Miz was all like, don't you come in here telling me you're nice. Because years ago, when I did need a nice person, I got kicked out of the locker room and nobody wanted to help me because you and your kind were all worried about protecting your spot. And that did actually happen. Yeah, back in like 2006, Miz was told he had to go change in the toilets. I'm sorry, brah, I don't care who you are, that should not be happening. Edge then claimed that he wasn't part of that. In fact, he had suffered a similar fate when he was coming through the ranks. And in this very building, he had pulled Miz aside and said, listen, champ, you do have something about you. You just got to keep on going. And because the Miz is an asshole, he basically blew Edge off. And not in a weird way if you're trying to misconstrue my words, but after yet more back and forth, it did turn out that they were going to have a match at the day one pay-per-view. Well, deep down in my tum-tum, I'd rather see Edge fight someone who is new to the roster. This is actually being done quite well. Both guys here did a very good job. Hopefully it's just a one undone and we get through January and head to the Royal Rumble and Edge can fight somebody else. But that's not what's going to happen. And what happens is that Maurice and Beth Phoenix will be added into this. We'll do a mixed tag. You heard it here first. Liv Morgan promo next. And she said that Becky Lynch is wrong and she is going to win the women's championship match later. <laughs> we were told that Veer still headed to Raw. So that's that now. It's been over three months and Veer apparently can't make his way to the building. So what we need to do is we need to stop this now. And next week we need to have a video where Veer just turns up at a building before he goes, oh, I can't believe it. This is the wrong one before next week he tries again. I mean, talk about missing the point when it comes to vignettes like this. I mean, the Iron Sheik is going to make it to the ring before Veer finally makes his way to Raw. The Mysterios then defeated the Alpha Academy in the RK Bronerman or whatever it was called. And like, this was good for what it was. It was fine. But I kind of I feel like I've seen it 791 times and also Chad Gable and Otis just feel like they're an afterthought at this point. That makes me a little bit upset. Down. Like I say, this kind of thing is just happening every single week so eventually it is going to run out of steam. And after Chad Gable went for a moonsault, Dominic Mysterio hit the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up and he got the one, two, three. Although shout out to Mr. Dominic Mysterio. This was a really good surprise roll-up like he was all on him and using his weight but it's still a surprise roll-up and WWE does it too much. It was also not the best way to make this tournament feel special because, again, we had count-out followed by roll-up. This makes you throw your hands up in the air like that. Riddle also tried to interview Otis after this, but do you know what Otis did? He beat Riddle up and was Randy Orton anywhere to be seen? No, he wasn't. So here's yet more sprinkling of seeds. I've already made my point, I won't make it again. I understand you've already got one life and you probably want to use that time in a better way. And then yes, we get to the moment you've been all waiting for when Austin Theory stripped for Vincent Kennedy McMahon because he was trying to impress him. Because for some reason, Vince McMahon, after saying that he would get Austin Theory a match, can't get Austin Theory a match, even though Vince is in charge of all of this. So when he said, you better find another way to impress me, Austin Theory just tried taking off his clothes and he did some jumping jacks. I was dying. I was absolutely laughing. Out of context, 
This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. To be fair, Vince wasn't into this and he told Austin Theory, for goodness sake, why don't you go and use your brain? But here's your homework for the week. Go and show just that segment to someone that doesn't watch wrestling and you report back to me with their reaction. And then Finn Balor, <laughs> PT Bar. And because that followed this segment, I just went, <laughs> what? Because at first it was the most random thing to happen on Raw in Yonks, even though one man had just undressed for another man. But actually it all tied in. Because after Finn Balor had beaten T-Bar with the Coupe de Gras, who jumped him and started to beat him up? That's right, it was Austin Theory. He also took a selfie afterwards, and if this is going to be our new feud, then hell yeah, because we should be trying to do something with Austin Theory. He's clearly our chosen one, so why shouldn't you make him into a star? And Finn Balor is really good. Finn Balor could have a match with a goat, and you go, man, that goat is the goat, and get all confused, because Finn Balor can work with anyone. So actually, when all was said and done, I thought this was quite clever, and somewhat surprisingly, I'm giving it up. Our truth and Tazawa were then going to attack Dana Brooke after they had appeared from a bin. I think our truth was dressed like a tree or something. But then they didn't because Truth was all like, wait a minute, is this PG? That's kind of funny. Reggie then jumped off a truck to talk to Dana Brooke. Why would he jump off a truck? Like, just because he can do flippy dippy doodah stuff, why wouldn't he just walk in and have a conversation? It, it just doesn't make... It's like, man, you're a sniper. Your job's a sniper, and you want to talk to him. Do you shoot a bullet past their head to get their attention? Of course you don't. WWE is really just a circus. Anyway, eventually they all got chased off by Tamina because nobody is meaner, and now she wants to be the 24-7 champion. We know the deal with the 24-7 title. It all jumped the shark months ago, but this one really entertained me, admittedly for all the wrong reasons. Bobby Lashley and MVP then kind of did justify what they did earlier. I mean, MVP was like, everybody doesn't mind being disrespected these days because they're worried about consequences but Bob doesn't fit into that category because he has been disrespected because he's not in the world title picture anymore. I mean, I just let those words hit me in my face and I went, you know what, whatever, cool. Which brought us to our main event, which was Becky Lynch taking on Liv Morgan for the Raw Women's Championship. And because the title was on the line, I was really pleased that this match was in this place. And it did end in the most WWE way it possibly could, but I actually thought this was pretty decent. I was behind Liv Morgan at one point. I thought, oh, maybe she would win, even though I didn't actually believe that. It was full on wrestling tennis to begin with, as Becky Lynch was like, oh my gosh, I thought she was crap, but actually she knows what she's doing, especially when Liv Morgan hit her with a code breaker and followed that up with a dive. Stanley, in 2021, when you do a dive, you trigger the commercial, and when we came back from the advert... Becky Lynch had regained control and she was kicking some ass. I mean, she hit her with a superplex. She hit her with this second rope leg drop thingamajig that looked pretty good. But the whole time, Liv Morgan kept kicking out. So Becky was like, why can't I put this person away? I thought she was crap. So that tied into the story that was nice. And there was a really good near fall after Morgan had hit a missile drop kick. But then you know what happened. Liv Morgan was like, well, I've been watching a lot of wrestling tape. So what I think I should do is go for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, especially after Becky Lynch had gone from the manhandle slam. But Becky Lynch is the more experienced of the two, so she reversed the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment into the most devastating move in sports entertainment. But at the last second, she grabbed the ropes and Liv Morgan wasn't able to kick out. Becky Lynch retained the championship, but she done it. 
because she's an asshole. Now I could have done without that, but it is just Becky Lynch's shtick right now. But I tell you, if now Liv Morgan goes on to win the Raw Rumble, gets her rematch against Becky Lynch, I suppose at WrestleMania, and then becomes the champion, it will be absolutely fantastic. Of course, what will happen is we'll get to next week and Liv Morgan will lose to Carmella or something. But I like to believe, otherwise, what the hell am I going to do? This brought us to the end of Raw, and I won't lie, even though it did have its usual nonsense, I quite enjoyed it this week. There was loads of wrestling, and I watched wrestling for wrestling. Oh, it's getting it up. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So... What are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.